We're going over Rhodey's last four games, an unbelievable few weeks in college basketball, and of course, tomorrow night's rivalry game between Rhodey and PC with a special guest. Stay tuned. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Ball with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. We've got a lot to get into, so let's get right into it. Rhodey, since our last podcast two weeks ago, had four games, starting off with the Jamaican Montego Bay Classic. They started off with the North Texas Mean Green. Now, this game was a... Fist fight to start. Nothing was going on. At halftime, it was 27-24, North Texas. It was really sluggish and sloppy game, just the way North Texas plays basketball. But then in the second half, Uri picked it up, shooting better. Fats was getting and one after and one. And Rhodey ended up pulling out against the Mean Green with a score of 60-47. to Fats Russell led the team. With 22 points, Tyrese Martin added 15 of his own, and Cyril had 12 rebounds with not that many points, but I'll take that any day of the week. Mo Gibson led North Texas with 20 points, and Dang Goo with an amazing dunk for North Texas early in the game. He scored 8 points and had 13 rebounds, and the game was very odd. You know, there was no points scored in the first like 3 or 4 minutes, and then all of a sudden, North Texas goes on a 6-0 run, and then... Rodon goes on like a 16-2 run, and then North Texas going on a 13-0 run. It was a game of runs in the first half, and it was very odd. I never watched a game like it. It was very sluggish and very slow, even though some parts were really fast, which was odd to me. But again, Rodon turned it up in the second half and ended up winning by 13. Rodon went 23 from 58, 39.7% from the field, while North Texas only went 17 for 62, a 32.7% mark from the field. And URI went 6 for 21 from 3, 28.6%. And North Texas shot 25%, going 7 for 28. Rodon made 8 free throws on 14 attempts. And North Texas made 6 free throws on their own 7 attempts. Rodon turned the ball over only 12 times, compared to North Texas 14 times. Fats Russell really helped Rodon spark a lot of energy, getting a lot of and-ones, like on threes, layups, jump shots, whatever you call it. Fats Russell got and-ones and made those free throws and made them count. He led that team through the thick and thin in that game, and he really was able to distribute to Tyree Smartin, who was stepping up and hitting threes once he got a detention all on himself. After they ended playing LSU, Will Wade's squad from Baton Rouge, a team that came off a bad loss, well, not a bad loss, but just a disappointing loss against a solid Utah State team. They were in it for a solid one-and-a-half halves. Um, solid 30 minutes. They were playing hard basketball until it all really fell apart. Rodon got the score 52-50 to or 52-48, one of those. And then LSU ran away, ended up winning. And this is the controversy. 
ended, LSU ended up winning 96-83 or 95-83. It, there's both answers. It's kind of weird. They never really got a final score on that. But let's put it at 96-83. LSU got the victory. They were led by Emmett Williams, Darius States, and Trenton Wofford, all three forwards that were pivotal. As I said last podcast, that they would be Emmett Williams, 27 points and 9 rebounds, an absolute force down low. Darius Stays had 16 points and 9 rebounds, and Trenton Watford with 16 points of his own and 6 rebounds. Fast Russell led the charge with 26 points for Rhodey. Cyril had 16 points. Jeff Downton dropped 15 points, and Jacob Toppin had 12 of his own. Uri shot 34 for 64, a 49.3% mark from the field. While LSU shot 54% from the field, going 32 for 70. Rhode Island only made 5 three-pointers on 19 attempts. While LSU made 8 three-pointers on 20 attempts. Rhode Island made to the free-throw line only 16 times, taking advantage 10 of them, going 10 for 16. And LSU going 12 for 15 from the charity stripe. Rhode Island turned the ball over 11 times, as well as LSU's 11 times. In that game, I feel like they just didn't have enough. Not enough players contributing. We only had those four players, Fat Cyril, Jeff, and Top, that were really scoring buckets, and you didn't really get that help from Jermaine. Like, you really don't really get a lot of him sometimes. You do, but most of the time you can't really rely on him. But Tyrese didn't perform as well, and Radon didn't get to the free throw line enough. They only got there 16 times, which is pretty decent, but if you're going to make there 16 times, you got to make at least 13 free throws. So... The little things do matter. They only made five threes out of 19 attempts, looking like last year's team. But nevertheless, they left Jamaica with a 1-1 one one record. They ended up playing Manhattan the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at home in a game that was back and forth for the first 10 minutes. Rory took their lead by like 14 or 15 Went to half, up double digits, and kept that lead and cruised for the victory, winning 73-64 to against the Manhattan Jaspers. Fats Russell dropped 20 points, but while Jeff led with 24 points, and Tyrese Martin had 13 points, 8 rebounds, while Warren Williams for the Jaspers dropped 14 of his own. Rhode Island shot 44% from the field, while Manhattan shot 39.7%. Rhode Island only went 1 for 9 from 3. A mark that you just don't want to see at all for a team like Uri that needs to make 3s. While the Manhattan Jaspers went 9 for 30, making 30% of their 3-pointers. Rhode Island made to the free throw line 39 times, making 28 of those shots. 71.8% handle. While the Jaspers of Manhattan only made to the free throw line 10 times, making half of those opportunities. A stat right here that Ron has to limit his turnovers. They turned the ball over 19 times against Manhattan. They turned the ball over 17 times. And good job on the defensive part, but on the offensive part, it was a sloppy game. They couldn't make shots, but they were just a better team. So they just overall handled the Jaspers from 10 minutes in on to end of the game. After that victory, they couldn't sleep. They had to travel to West Virginia, a team that's undefeated, and play them on the road at the Coliseum. In Morgantown, it was a tough-fought game from both sides. Rhodey came back down 11. Largest lead for West Virginia was 15 and in the first half. Rhode Island fought their hardest. Fats Russell definitely fought his hardest. But their efforts came up short, 86-81. to 81. 
in final regulation. Thatch Russell had 32 points for Rhode Island, making 14 out of his 25 shots. And Cyril Langevin added 14 points and 9 rebounds. Rhode Island shot 32 for 66 from the field, a 48.5% mark. While West Virginia shot a 29 for 65 mark, that adds up to 44.6%. Derek Culver led the charge for the Mountaineers with 25 points and 11 rebounds, while Jermaine Haley added 18 points and 5 rebounds. Those two didn't seem to miss, Derek Culver and Jermaine Haley. They just didn't miss. Every shot, every post-up, every fade, it all went in. So, can't really do anything about that. They made a lot of good shots. You got to give a hand to West Virginia and a solid victory by them. Rhode Island went 7 for 10 from 3, which is pretty decent, 70%. Very decent. <laughs> And West Virginia only shot 4 for 13 from 3, 30.8%. Rhode Island made to the free throw line 15 times, making 10 of their opportunities, 66%. While, this is what we were asked to limit and what they have to gain, West Virginia made 24 free throws on 31 attempts, something Rhode Island needs to do if they want to win games like this one in the future. they got to get to the free throw line, and they got to limit their opponents' free throw opportunities. Both teams committed 13 turnovers, around the average for both teams for that mark. Rhodey leaves that four-game stretch 5-3 and three, with no solid big wins except a win against an underperforming Alabama team. They do have a um, couple games coming up where they have Providence and Western Kentucky in the near future. So those are two games that Rhodey has to win if they want to boost their non-conference resume as they have a three quote-unquote quality losses. That's not going to do you anything in the grand scheme of things when it comes to NCAA tournament bids and seeding and projections and all of that stuff. But over the past week, there were tons of great games. There was just, if you missed what happened the last two weeks, you were, I don't know, sleeping under a rock because college basketball and the world of college basketball exploded. There were so many solid games. I gave a couple games um, last week, but as the tournaments and the preseason tournaments progressed, it just got better and better and better and better. So we'll start with the Power Five. None, yeah, Power Five and Big East games. Utah State beat LSU in a heartbreaker. A three-pointer for Utah State put them ahead by two with 50 seconds left in the game. A game which LSU was up by at least, I think it was 18 in the first half, in the early first half, and they just could not hold on to the lead. They ended up losing 80-78. to 78. Uh, Memphis beat Ole Miss by one point, 87-86. Florida upset Xavier. People doubting Florida, saying they were overrated. They beat number 18 Xavier, 70-65. to And a huge upset was Virginia Tech beating Michigan State, number three Michigan State, 71-66 to in the Maui Invitational. Number 11 Oregon defeated number 13 Seton Hall, 71-69. And then... Dayton, they beat Georgia, and then they decided, hey, we're playing Virginia Tech, let's beat them by 27 points, and then they only lost by to Kansas 90-84 to in overtime in the championship, which boosted Dayton to a 19 seed in the top 25 AP poll. Gonzaga defeated Oregon by 1.73-72 in that tournament, and Michigan upset UNC. 73-64. Michigan would also go up to crush Gonzaga by 18 points, 82-64. to And then they would end up winning that championship. They would end up playing Louisville. 
last on Tuesday. This Tuesday, the third, and they would end up losing by 15 to number one seed Louisville on the road against a very solid Louisville team that should not be overlooked. Duke was upset by Stephen F. Austin. That was the real stunner of the week, the past two weeks. I think Stephen F. Austin scored something like 68 or 60 points in the paint, which is not what happens to Duke. They just dissected Duke, and they just won. And Stephen F. Austin has been winning a couple big games as of late. Then Duke tried to go on the road and beat Michigan State, and they succeeded. 87-75, they defeated Michigan State on Draymond Green's ceremony night. VCU had a couple of games where that didn't go that didn't go their way. They lost to Purdue 59-56, to and then the next day they lost to number 17 Tennessee on a game-winning three, 72-69. Tennessee prevailed, and then Utah State went to play St. Mary's, a game that was very underrated. A very good watch. St. Mary's pulled off the upset, 81 to 73. And then Purdue, after beating VCU, went on to defeat Virginia by 29 points, 69 to 40. A very lopsided game. Virginia hasn't been scoring as of late. Their defense has just been keeping them in games. They've won the game. I think it was 48-43. I mean, they, their offense is not there, but the defense certainly is. And when the defense isn't there, that offense doesn't show up. They're going to get crushed like that against a high-quality opponent. And then last night on Wednesday, Ohio State just went into UNC to North Carolina and destroyed them by 25, 74-49 was the final in that game. And that's going to round out that unbelievable slate of NCAA basketball games, a couple 8-10 games that were on the last couple weeks. Duquesne and Air Force, where Duquesne won by 6, 69-63. St. Louis defeated mid-major Monster. Belmont, 60-55. to uh, Richmond defeated a mediocre Wisconsin team, 62-52. to George Mason defeated a overrated New Mexico State team, which is a much-needed win, 68-64. Temple defeated Davidson, a team that is now struggling, 66-53. to And South Carolina had their hands full with UMass, but took advantages of UMass's mistakes and won 84-88. to in Massachusetts. That's the recap for the past couple weeks in college basketball. And now is the time you've been waiting for, I've been waiting for, the URI PC preview. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Here we go. I'm joined by a special guest, host of Strucky Sports Talk, Colin Struckman. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Let's talk some roadie basketball. Why not? Why not? Rhode Island plays their biggest, well, to me, the biggest game of the year tomorrow night at the Ryan Center, Rhode Ebers PC, the high-anticipated match. Let's get right into it. Rhode Island is led by Fats Russell, who's doing very well this year. He seems to have matured over the past year as he played pretty poorly in some parts last year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Fats Russell is easily the key for Rhodey in this game. He's averaging 21.1 points per game. And I think if he has a big day against the Friars, then I think Rhodey can easily win this game. Yeah, I think so too. And if Fats is going to do really good, he needs the help of Jeff Doughton and Tyrese Martin, two guards that are explosive when they do have great games. Jeff Doughton's averaging 13.9 points a game, and Tyrese Martin is averaging 
10.6 points. And a, a fact that I like to uh, pinpoint on is Tyrese Martin is shooting 42% from three, very consistent on the year. And Cyril Langevine has 10.5 points, hasn't been contributing all that much, but with Fats's um, recent spur of amazing games, I think it's been six or seven straight games with 20-plus points, he's been able to cover Cyril Langevine. And I think also for another key to Rody victory is, of course, Jermaine Harris. He has been so, you know, on and off this year. What do you have to say about Jermaine Harris? Honestly, I can't stand him when he's on the court. I've watched you or I a few games this season with my dad, and whenever he's on the court, you notice him because he either can't get a rebound, takes a horrendous three-point <laughs> shot, or can't make a free throw. And honestly, I feel like they need to bench him or something. I think we need to see that um, that Topin kid more, the freshman. I think he's a stud. But Jermaine Harris needs to improve, and honestly, I think this could be a big woe for Rody in this game against PC. Uh, PC's a very tall team, but Jermaine Harris racks up the fouls pretty quickly. I mean, you look at that counter, it gets up to four fouls pretty quick, it seems. So we'll see what he does. He's had some all right games. I think he did all right versus West Virginia. I mean, all right is pretty good for him, uh, if I were to say. But Rhodey, as of late, has been on and off with many facets, especially the three-point game. And I think that's going to be huge in a game versus PC, who shoots pretty decently from three. Yeah, I mean, PC can definitely hit it from three, and Rhodey has definitely struggled with that this season. So I think if you can shoot above 50%, probably, that's probably a good benchmark for them to really do well in this game. Yeah, they did shoot 7 for 10 last game against West Virginia which I thought was pretty well. They didn't rely on the three as big or as heavily as they needed to, but they got work done and almost pulled out a victory there in Morgantown. And another key, I think, to the game is definitely Rhodey's free throw shooting and not much making the shots, but getting to the line. In these games where they played West Virginia, even if you go back in recent years, the games that they've won in big games, they've shot 25-plus free throws and got around 25 points from the free throw line. I think that's pivotal in the game as well against PC. Yeah, definitely. I think shooting is definitely big from three and from the free throw line. I think that's going to play a huge role for URI in this game. And I think another thing is the turnovers. Against Manhattan, they committed 19 turnovers, which you can't do against a fast team like PC. And also they need to commit turnovers. One thing about their defense is they're scrappy, they're aggressive, and if they're going to play that way, they better force turnovers and run and fast break. Rhode Island, on the other hand, though, compared to PC, Rhode Island's losses have been quality losses to West Virginia, LSU, and Maryland, as PC, on the other hand, has lost to Long Beach State, Penn, College of Charleston, and Northwestern, four losses you don't want on your resume, especially for a team looked as highly as they did in the beginning of the year for PC. Yeah, PC's had some really bad losses. Northwestern was one of them, a team that lost to Merrimack. And I think PC was yeah. very highly regarded heading into this season, one of the probably top five or six in the Big East, which is a really stacked conference. It's gonna have a lot of bids in that conference. And of course, of course. Yeah, honestly. And when I look at PC, they could have easily won all of these games. Some of them were at home. I think the Penn game was at home. The Penn game was at home. I think they all yeah. Jeez, losing at home to Penn. Yeah. I mean, Penn is and, decent, but yeah. at the same time, you should win that game. PC should probably be undefeated at this point, and 
URI has really lost to some good teams, and they've been kind of close. LSU was kind of close. West Virginia was very close. So I think PC should have done a lot better at this point. And looking at Maryland, I mean, they're just tearing up teams. They tore up Notre Dame last night. They're they're ended up to be a top three, final four looking team. And that could be um, not a quality loss, but a building block for Rhode Island as they went there. And they were up big against them in the first half, but just couldn't keep up with Maryland's defense. PC, on the other hand, again, not too hot. Um, Yeah, Long Beach State, College of Charleston, two back-to-back games you don't want to lose. And then I'm pretty sure in a press conference, Ed Cooley even said that he was proud of his team and his effort after they uh, squeaked out a win versus 3-6 and Pepperdine and losing to those two games. I I don't know how I can see that. I get that they have good guards on Charleston and Long Beach, but you just can't afford to lose those two games, especially in a Big East that has Georgetown, who had those two transfers leave, but they're still winning games. You have DePaul, who's undefeated, Creighton, who's solid, and Villanova, who's doing worse than expected, but still a solid team. So it'll be good to see how they do against those teams once it gets into that time. But right now it's URI PC. PC is led by Alpha Diallo with 13.2 points and 8.9 rebounds. David Duke, 12.9 points a game he's averaging, but shooting 50% from three. Rhode Island's got to really limit his opportunities and his shots at the Ryan Center on Friday night. Malik White has 9.3 points. And three players that are just disappointing for PC this year are Lawan Pipkins, transferred from UMass, who's only averaging 8.8 points per game. He was the heart and soul of that UMass team last year. AJ Reeves, who has been down in their four-star, he kind of reminds me of Jermaine Harris, Greg Gant, underperforming. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys I think should be doing a lot better, and especially Luane Pipkins. This guy was a huge stud at UMass. Totally. And honestly, I think if you or I can shut down Alpha Diallo and David Duke, those are the big guys to me, and Reeves is also another one. But Diallo, I think, has got to have, if you can limit him to 20, possibly, I don't know, because I feel like this is a guy who dropped 30 to 35. Same thing with Fats Russell. So I think it comes down to the their big three of like, you know, Reeves, Duke, and Diallo. I think URI, honestly, they've got the leadership. They've got the depth. I think they have way more depth than um, PC. Oh, definitely than last oh, year. Oh, yeah, especially last with Topin year. in the mix this year. Yeah. And then on in, I think, in 15 days or 16 days from now, they get um, Antoine Walker transferred from Georgetown to play in that Western Kentucky game. So that would be huge for them. Also, with the depth-wise, maybe he can play some more. And for Harris, you never know what can happen. Last year when Christian Thompson was benched for freshman Tyrese Martin. So a lot of opportunity for Rhodey in their depth. On the other hand, in my opinion, I never really had a problem with Luan Pipkins going to PC because it seemed like whenever they play, when he played Rhodey, they seemed to lock him down. I think last year he had like 12 points and 4 points against Rhodey. So I didn't know... He, Think or think you'd have a be a complete problem for Rhode Island just guarding all those assets, you know, and AJ Reeves who can pop off at any moment, Alpha Diallo who's a force down low. You'll see something like him in the West Virginia game the other day where they just didn't miss shots in the paint. Uh, they were making fadeaways, they're making hook shots. It's just something that you can see from Alpha Diallo as well if he explodes. And David Duke, of course, with that three point percentage at fifty percent. You know, PC's got a lot of threats, but if they don't come together and they don't make shots and they, you know, don't do well on offense, which I think is their best part of their game, it's going to be a tough night for them. Yeah, definitely. I think if, you know, in the first half, if they're not really hitting their shots, they're not really 
you know, Diallo's not leading the team, then I really don't think PC has a shot at this game. I honestly, I love URI in this game. I love the way they've been playing. I know I have a little bit of bias, but at the same time, PC... No, no, totally, totally. PC has just been struggling so bad. So that that's kind of, you know, my take on that. Yeah, Um. again, I hope Redon wins. I know Redon's going to win. That's my gut feeling, of course. But, I mean, PC's been playing very poorly. Redon has been playing up to... They haven't lost to any real opponent uh, that can hurt their chances. They have no bad losses. But... When worse when 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 it comes March, quality losses are not going to get you to the NCAA tournament, and especially if in a situation where Rhode Island wins the A10 championship, those wins and losses are going to depend on their seeding, whether it's to be a 13, a 14, a 12, 11, or a 10. You know, this is a big game for Rhode Island, especially when it comes to seeding and all that stuff in the NCAA tournament. So I don't know if you saw this, but the other day, um. Eyewitness News was with Ed Cooley, and they quoted him of saying that a couple years ago, Ed Cooley didn't call this game a rivalry, and he, Eyewitness News asked Ed Cooley if he wanted to change his statement, and Ed Cooley said, it, um, it's just a really good basketball game. And I have two thoughts to this. Either, you know, because he coached at Rhode Island, or, you know, you're a Big East team, you don't really want to be a big-time rival with a little A-10 team. So I thought that was kind of interesting how he didn't call the URI PC game a rivalry because it obviously is. I think he's just trying to show up for the Big East. I think he's. I think he's just trying yeah. to stir the pot, honestly, by saying it's not a rivalry yeah. because they, looking at the stats they have, kind of dominated. They have won sixty-one mm-hmm. head-to-head games, and URI's only won twenty-five. But at the same time, this is the biggest game on each team's roster every season. It's always sold out. It's always an amazing crowd. And honestly, like the Big East, it's not a power five conference. I know it's a huge conference. Like every school oh, yeah, is a basketball school. But at the same time, this is still a huge game and it means everything. And I think it should mean a little bit more for him since he coached at URI. Definitely, definitely. Um, Again, PC's won eight of the last nine. They've had URI's number. But the home team has won 13 of the last 16 times. Those three games come to losses at the Ryan Center. But I I feel like Rhode has a great chance just because they're at home because they have that home crowd with them. But yeah, again with PC and Ed Cooley, I mean this game is ESPN two seven o'clock game. It, it's the biggest game of the night. There's no game on ESPN, and this is the, the biggest college basketball game of the night. I would say, if not the nine o'clock game after that one. But all eyes are on this Rhodey PC game. Something that I've been waiting for and wanting. I mean, this is an underrated rivalry. I mean, no one looks at this and goes, oh, look at UIPC's playing. This is their time to show the world what it's all about. And I think that if Rodon could dominate and just use the crowd to their advantage and use their experience, they should be fine. But PC, they can they can go off and score so many points on offense. They have a lot of tools, and it'll just be good to see what happens and see how URI reacts. And a, a thing that I compare to this PC game kind of to a little bit is – I was at the Nichols State game, and that game was not good for Rhodey on both sides. The offense was slacking, and the defense was not good. They were letting a lot of three-point uh, shots and a lot of easy buckets. Rodan, that was that was all grit, uh, all grit and all heart. And when stuff like that hits the fan, preparation really just kicks in. And Rodan won that game by five against Nichols State, and 
that game showed me that this team can work hard and win basketball games tough and physical. And I thought I thought always Rhode Island was more of a physical team than PC ever was. But PC is, you know, of course, with all the tools and all the speed and the shooting, it just, you know, over the past 20 years, it just overpowered Rhode Island. And it, it, it comes to the and it comes to me to this question I want to ask you is what is there to gain or to lose in this game or implications you would say for both Rhode Island and Providence? Well, for Providence, I think they have a little bit more weighing on them with this game because looking at their schedule for the rest of December, it's a gauntlet. Counting this game against URI on the road, they have to play a pesky Stony Brook team. And I actually went last year to the URI Stony Brook game at home, and URI was very bad. They played so (laughs) bad against... They played so bad against Stony Brook, and honestly, I think they got to watch out for that game. And they also have to play Florida, one of the best teams in the SEC, Texas, yep, very an good. underrated team that is yep. going to cause a lot of havoc in the NCAA tournament. Literally with Shaka Smart there, a coach. Um, <laughs> and they got to play Georgetown, a team that's really up and coming with Matt McClung. So, and mm-hmm. they, but okay. I mean, after those non-con games, they go right into Big East play. And in the Big yep. East, you got Villanova, Creighton, Marquette, DePaul, Butler. Could go on and on yeah, about how yeah. good this conference is. Even Seton Hall. I don't know how I forgot them. Yeah, with uh, Miles Powell. And with with that being so, said, I think this game could make or break their tournament chances. But at the same time, it could also for URI. Because even though they have some good wins, they have to go. I believe, is this after this game? It's right into A-10 play. No, they have to play uh, Western Kentucky, who's very good in the mid-major ranks. And then they play Mill Tennessee State and then Brown. And they head into a tough January for A-10 play. Okay, so like three games, but Western Kentucky's a big one. So I think yeah. if you or I can win this game and the Western Kentucky game, I think it vastly improves their chances to make the tournament. But, I mean, when you look at it, this win could mean a lot more because I think the stretch that PC is going in right now Maybe their worst of the season. A lot of teams go through a bad stretch at the beginning of the year, then pick up right after. I think they just got to work through things, and then they're going to improve. But that being said, PC just could be overrated this year. A lot of, you know, a lot of people are saying that they're supposed to be that good. They may just be overrated because they're really underperforming. And then I don't think they're going to do that great in the Big East. I think there's going to be already four or five teams that are going to earn bids. So I think we'll see down the stretch what this win could mean for either team. Yeah, of course. For me, I think that Rhode Island has the most to gain, but also the most to lose, a team that has quality losses and not that 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 notch win. They had that win against Alabama, who's underperforming, but they're playing good teams, but they could be winning more games. Rhode Island needs a win versus PC and a win versus Western Kentucky to really up their uh, non-conference resume. And a loss for Rhodey would just, kill them when it comes to NCAA tournament implications. But a win here would be huge for Rhodey because then they can go into a 15-day break against Western Kentucky with confidence. Go ahead at the Ryan Center. If they win that game, that's huge. They go into 8-10 play, 9-3 after a couple tune-ups against Middle Tennessee State and Brown, which I hope they win those games. Saying tune-ups now, but you never know. But if they can go in the A-10, because they have a lot of tough games in January. They play VCU twice. They play Richmond, St. Bonaventure, George Mason on the road, I'm pretty sure. So they've got a tough A-10 schedule. 
coming up where this win really sets the domino for all the upcoming games in the non-conference in upcoming January. So that would be pretty cool to see how they adjust to whether they win or lose. PC, on the other hand, if they lose, everyone's going to be like, oh, they're not good. They're 5-5. Five and five. Don't worry about them. But they have more opportunity than Rhode Island. This game would be huge for them for a confidence booster. But then again, they have a lot of opportunities, not just in the non-conference, but in the Big East. If they if they lose to Rhode Island, but they still go on and win 10 Big East games and then make it far in the tournament, they're an NCAA tournament team because they play high-caliber competition. They have a great tournament up Madison Square Garden. They have a good chance to be a team in Texas, in Florida, in the non-conference. It's it's The ball's you know in their court. They, uh, they I would say they have control of their destiny because they kind of do. Even if they lose and they have a weak non-conference, they can still go really well in the Big, uh, the big East and go far in the tournament and have high expectations, high hopes, and make the NCAA tournament on that kind of run. So that's what I personally think about this game and their implications. For my prediction, I think Rhode Island's going to win by 12 points at home. I think it'll be close at first, but they'll just pull away, have some uh, highlight real plays, I hope, and just you know, dismantle a PC team and just limit their hopes. I also like Rhodey here, and honestly, I don't think I would have said that if PC was struggling the way they have, but I think that URI just has way more depth and leadership as you've got Doughton and Langevin leading the starting five as seniors, and then if Fats Russell has a big game, probably 20-plus points, I would think, and Langevin can out-rebound PC, then I think they're going to win this game. But I don't expect it to be easy. I think it'll be very close. I think we could be seeing this game going into overtime. But I've got URI by, I'll say, 7 or 8. I think it'll be really close. All right, all right, sounds good. Colin, thank you for joining me today for the URI-PC game. Can't wait to see how it turns out. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Go Rams. Hey, go Rams. And, I mean, after all of that, I think that's a perfect place for us to leave off and end for the night. All the hype, all the opportunity is there. We'll see how the Rhode Island Rams play against the Providence Friars team that has a lot to prove and has definitely got some fire um, coming into this game. I want to thank Colin, uh, Colin for the interview. And and tomorrow night, I think you'll see the real talent and hard work and dedication pay off in, in on, on any team. But you'll, you'll see boys become men because these Providence uh, URI games, these rivalry games are – you know, they're gut checks. They're, they're really mental checks. They they wear you down. The, the crowd, the fans, the anticipation, it wears you down. And it's all who can stay up and can stay strong and not give up. So, it's a little inspiration for both teams. Hopefully, Rhode Island wins. I really want Rhode Island to win. I am I'm dying for Rhode Island victory. This is, I'm going to be in attendance tomorrow night. My first ever URIPC game that I've been to at the Ryan Center. I've been to a couple at the Dunk. But I'm excited for the atmosphere, and I'm ready Man, I already got the butterflies, and it's Thursday night. I can't wait for the game. I hope you tune in. ESPN 2, the Ryan Center, 7 p.m., Rhode Island versus Providence College. I'm excited. I, I don't know how many times I can say that, but I got butterflies, and it's just an amazing feeling right now. And if Rhode Island wins tomorrow night, we're going to have a whole lot of fun this weekend in the next 15 days and a lot of bragging rights because the winner owns the state, if you didn't know. Um, so that's going to be all today for Ball and B Show. Stay tuned. For next week's episode, I'll be a recap of the PC game, and um, I'll figure something out, uh, talk about all the other 
NCAA games going on. But stay tuned for next Thursday. And, of course, stay tuned for tomorrow night, Friday night, the 6th of December. It's going to be a night you won't forget. Stay tuned and may the best man win. As always, roadie, roadie, roadie.